Hello and I love you and welcome to Happy Sad Talk Thing. My name is Mackin and this is a show about thoughts and feelings where I um, find someone I think is cool and I want to talk to them about what's going on in their heart, what's going on in their mind. And today we just have such a fucking rad guest. Her name is Ioni. She's an incredible Singer, artist, producer. Um, I'm really excited to get to this interview. Um, and yeah, she just drops so much insight and wisdom into uh, her own experience, into being an artist, being uh, a human being. I feel like we start talking about spiritual stuff pretty early on which is fucking rad and we also talk a lot about creative process stuff so you're in for a good one you found the right flipping thing on the internet when you were clicking around i know how you find podcasts you go to google you go to i'm feeling lucky and you click around till you get a podcast and that's how you landed here I have a show this Thursday uh, at the Oracle Tavern and Cafe, coffee shop. Oracle Tavern, downtown Los Angeles. It's free. It's on Thursday, February 24th. And Okudoksic, a.k.a. Eric Radloff, playing a solo set. Also, Rachel Mazur, playing a solo set, too. Incredible artists I look up to, playing rad solo sets. And it's going to be a full band show, y'all. And I got temporary freaking tattoos. I got, what else I got? Oh, I made like a coloring book. I'm going to bring that. Um, copies of that. And, you know, this is a full band thing. I'm not messing around. Speaking of not messing around... Let's get to this episode with the incredibly rad Ioni. Uh, yeah, freaking stick in there, everyone. Whatever you're going through, I promise you'll be okay. Okay, let's get to the episode. Bye! Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Thank you so much for making time for this. Like, straight up genuinely means a lot. I'm excited. How is your day going? It's going good. Been doing some team calls and went to the gym. So, yeah, it's a very relaxed Start to my day. Nice. What about you? I am, yeah, I had like a last minute dog sitting, house sitting gig. So I'm actually dog sitting this. Right. uh, Nice. This dog right here. Her name is Bijou. Hi, Bijou. Hello. (laughs) And she uh, needs help moving around and going to the bathroom because her back legs don't work. What is this like magical looking plant that I'm seeing in your background? You got a lot there's of plants. Two. Yeah, I do. <laughs> like, there's honestly a lot going on. There's a Christmas tree over there that you can't see. 
Um, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest one is just like the. I'm blanking on the name now, but. I don't know any names. The most common plant. Yeah, you could tell me anything, and I would believe you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's something. It's something. I don't know why I'm blanking on the name, but um, yeah, super like low maintenance water a couple times a week vibes. I need plants around me to just feel yeah connected. Have you always been that way, or is plants a new adventure? It's a newer adventure. I feel like when I was younger, my parents were not really about that life in the house. Yeah. Um, but now, obviously, that I live on my own and just am figuring out, like, what I want my space to look like, I realize yeah. that just having plants and also flowers is a big thing. Like, yeah. I try to buy myself, like, flowers every week or every other week. So, so. Um, yeah, just to feel, like, nice. Just to yeah. feel excited about my space and, like, yeah. you know. More what kind of flowers are you getting? I like tulips a lot, um, yeah. but I kind of will either like put together my own little bouquet um, or sometimes I'll just buy like a straight up bouquet if I see something that's nice. But super colorful is always the goal. Um, just like warm colors. But it does make me really happy to see flowers um, in my space. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's something that I try to do. Yeah. Are you living solo, solo, or, like, on your own? Word. How long have you been living solo? Yeah, so I live in a studio. I've been here since the fall of 2020. Word. Yeah. Were you coming from also living solo or from Um, not living solo? No. So, basically, like, at the start of the pandemic, I kind of transitioned into living home, moved back to Houston. Um, Yeah. I've been in the USC pop program. Um, and yeah, just was like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I think I was in junior year. Um, and it just kind of didn't really make sense to stay here. I lived like yeah. with five other people. Right. Um, and just that level of anxiety in a pandemic, it's not good yeah. for anyone. So most totally. of us kind of left if we were able yeah. to, like, I only had a few months left on my lease. It was like March. I was out in July. So Damn. Yeah, I I went to Houston, kind of took my stuff with me, and then yeah, it just made the most sense, and it ended up being like super beneficial for me at the time to just be home and not have the usual stressors going yeah. on as well. I was so stressed and anxious with normal times, right. college roommates. So I can't imagine also yeah. the pandemic college roommates like right really Everyone on top has of different- each other. Levels of like, you know, right concern yeah. and yes, you know, it's yeah, hard. <laughs> totally big, small things become massive things, yeah, yeah, that's why it's a lot. It's a lot. What was did you grow up in Houston? Is you, you have family in Houston? Yeah, so I do have um, my like immediate family lived there, my mom and my dad. Um, mm-hmm. My siblings were all like out of the house at this point. The youngest yeah. was in college. What's um, the sibling breakdown? So, yeah. So I have an older sister. She's three years older than me. Her name is Nia. And then I have a younger brother and he's three years younger than me. And his name is Jaden. Nice. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> just, just three of us. But yeah, we... Moved to Houston 
or I never moved to Houston. Basically, yeah. growing up, we moved around a lot. Um, yeah. And the last place I was before I came to L.A. to do USC was in Jakarta. Um, where? And I was there with Is my mom born? and my dad. No, so I was born in Barbados. Where? So my family is Bajan, but also um, Bajan British, like on my dad's side. Mm. Um he was born in the UK and his parents um, spent a lot of time in the UK. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Barbados is kind of like the home base for a lot of us. There's also like mm-hmm. some Guyanese in my family. So like my yeah. grandmother's Guyanese and her siblings are Guyanese. Um, but they moved to Barbados when they were in their um, adulthood. Like my grandmother, when she got married, moved to Barbados and started her family there with mm. my Bajan grandfather. Yeah. Um, but now at this point, we're kind of, you know, in different places. A, lo- yeah. a good chunk of the family is in Houston. Word. A good chunk is in the UK and a good chunk is in Barbados. So that's kind of like where. Yeah. My family is right now. Yeah. Is anyone still in Indonesia or no? No. So that was just like a work assignment that my dad took um, in my like halfway through high school. And then I graduated from there. So like middle of 10th grade, we left. Where is you have have a lot of memories of Indonesia? Yeah, I love it to bits. Honestly, it's like my favorite. Would it honestly probably be my favorite country in the world? Whoa, that's sick. Yeah, really cool people, really gorgeous, just, like, culture, really rich culture and really diverse, like, a lot of subcultures and different kinds yeah. of practices just from island to island there. Um, but yeah. it's just a gorgeous place, a gorgeous perspective from the people there, mm. and, yeah, yeah, it's just a lovely place. What language do they speak there? What what did you speak? So when there's you were there? thousands of languages, but there is kind of like one common language called Bahasa Indonesia, which okay. is like the main language that unifies people that the whole point of them kind of creating this language was like, let's create like a common tongue yeah. for, you know, the different subcultures so that there's a little bit more feeling of unity because obviously you know when people speak different languages and practice different things it can be a little bit more difficult to see yourself as like one right. um people so mm. yeah it's a pretty easy language to learn honestly um i'm nice. not fluent but i was able to you know yeah. pick it up and get around and do the things that fucking rules have you yeah. spent much time in <laughs> barbados no, not really. So I was born there um, and we left like pretty immediately. Like I left when I was less than a year old. Word. But we did move to Miami for like the first seven years of my childhood. So we did go mm. back a lot. Like I have a lot of childhood memories of Christmases there and stuff. But of actually like, yeah, nice. but actually like being raised there is obviously a completely different thing. Um, yeah. Just having, like, your own memories and having your own kind of relation to it. Like, as I've gotten older, I've kind of had to make more time to have my own experiences there. Because Mm. for a good while, it was like, "Mm, my only connection to this place is really through my family, through my parents. Which is still very rich being raised by, you know, Beijing parents. But it's not the same thing as actually growing up there as a kid. Obviously, times change as well, so... It has been something that 
kind of got to start right before the pandemic. I went back for the first time in mm. years, but obviously now um, it's, you know, thrown a wrench in things. It's such a small island, so yeah. I don't really feel comfortable um, traveling there, but... Right. Yeah. Hopefully when things are a little bit safer, I definitely want to spend some time there just, you know, enjoying it, continuing yeah. to just make new memories. Word. Yeah. And my question for you is where does music come into all this? Like when does that start? Is that in your family? Is that something that you got into on your own? Um, I, it definitely started in my family in the sense of like when I was younger, I feel like my dad was someone who played a lot of music yeah um obviously as we got older and technology progressed it became a little bit more like in his headphones in his ears right or in his car when i was mm. getting more exposed to music but he's a super super versatile um taste so yeah Do you remember he listens to a lot of stuff yeah when i was younger it was like Caribbean like worship music yeah. was one. Um, but there was also like Luther Vandross and um what else was big? Donnie Hathaway, Vandross. Stevie Wonder, right. just yeah. kind of like classic, like I feel like music that you can enjoy with a family, like a lot of different age yeah. ranges can enjoy. Totally. But it really did start in the church. Um yeah. He used to like be on the worship team and seeing him on the team and just kind of like getting my first um, experience with like harmonies and worship, which is a really interesting um, intention with music. Like it's it's, you know, it's different. It's very purely about making you feel something and and Mm. kind of having an arc and having a build and, you know, having a story. And yeah, for me, that was something that at a very young age, I was like, whoa, this honestly seems like magic. Like being able to sing and like, you know, lead an audience through that. um, Yeah. Yeah, was what had initially, I was like, whoa, this is like really, really interesting. I've never, you know, seen something like that before. And it really was like from a young age, I just kind of knew like, okay, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be, like, a really big singer at the time. Was yeah. my, I was like, I'm going to be the biggest singer ever. And I nice. wasn't even that great, but I was just, like, you know, I just knew, like, I was, like, oh, like, this yeah. is where I'm going to, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life, you know? Right. So, Hell yeah. That was From a start how old for me. You say? Um, probably as young as, like, four or five, honestly. Yes. Like, that rules. I was definitely a child when I was yeah. um, watching them. But as we got older and moved more, like, my parents, it was harder to be as integrated into the church with their work schedules. Yeah. But for me, just, like, that initial um, experience of just, like, seeing worship, seeing harmonies, and still being in the church as I grew up and, and having that experience of worship and music was definitely kind of like my most formative purist um, introduction into music yeah I sang in my um I like grew up like half religious I I don't identify as Catholic anymore um but I went Mm -hmm. to Catholic high school and that was my first like time with like music and worship and like there was something cool about singing like some 
This was before, in like 2012, they changed all of the Catholic church melodies. It was super weird. Oh, like, interesting. Yeah, they like contemporary, they like updated them. And yeah. honestly, IMO, they got way worse. They used to be like old and modal and spooky and cool. Yeah. And there was something tight about singing the old ancient melodies and then not, yeah. like nobody clapping. Like that was a part of it where it was just like that it's just about like elevating an experience and like communing with, with whatever, you know? Uh, and like yeah. that element of it, I was like, that this guy, at first it was weird, but I was kind of into it. Um, nice. Yeah. What was the church life like? Was it a Christian church? Was it a different type of church? Yeah. It what was a Christian it? church growing up. Um, yeah. I feel like where we ended up in Jakarta, like it's always been more kind of like contemporary, you know, like new age, super diverse. Um mm. Churches kind of more, I think like where we were in Jakarta was definitely a more like Hillsong affiliated church. Um, so like that was kind of like the the music they were singing was very similar to like Hillsong and those. What's Hillsong? Of, um, it's like a Christian super uh, church. Okay. Like just campuses everywhere. You know, like. Kind of this new age Christian church where it's like, you know, they'll have like music that they put out and like merch and like, you know, just like all kinds of like, it's actually a brand at this yeah. point. Like it's Word. actually, yeah. you know, totally. you know, people have their feelings about it, but the style of music is way more like contemporary um Kind of like Chris Tomlin-y, singer-songwriter-y um, uh-huh. songs. I don't know if you ever heard that song, um, Oceans. No. Where feet, spirit lead me where my trust is. Well, super, like, even I feel like non-Christians, there was a moment yeah. in, like, 2016 or 2015 where the song was, it's a really good song. Well, but, um, like a contemporary Christian song, like crossed over into yeah, pop. Definitely, wow, definitely. Because it's a super solid um, song. But yeah, yeah, just that kind of style where I feel like once I got into like my teen years, I started to kind of like reconsider my relationship to the church. And yeah, that was just, my next question. You know, right. Religion in general. You yeah. Know? Where did it sit? Uh, then and and where does it sit now? I mean, I think I always was a relatively. I don't want to say skeptical because I do like one hundred percent believe personally, like in the power of like the divine. Mm. But I was like, I feel like with church, it's more of like a practice where like someone facilitates your connection to the divine, you know, there's some, whether it's a pastor or a leader or a there, it tends to be set up more in a way where it's like, someone's telling you, you know, this is how you should live your life. This is, you know, the best way that you can be Christian or whatever that looks like to you. But I think like, as I got older, I was like, I feel like I can connect to God on my own time, you know? Like, I feel like I can genuinely, like, and I felt like I needed to as well. Like, I need to reconsider how I felt because there was a lot of aspects of the church, like premarital sex and, you know, queer 
relations yeah. and just uh, yeah. I was like I personally yeah. don't even understand this or the concept of heaven or hell I was totally. like that doesn't really sit with me but I was like yeah. what I do know is like the connection that I have felt like I do know there is something deeper and I I do know that I feel that but yeah. I don't know that this something deeper is interested in like rules or you know yeah. Kind of like where you fall in to be worthy of receiving it. I was like, right. I feel like we have it all within us and we yeah. all are worthy of that. You know what I mean? That's right. So, yeah, it definitely like transition. But yeah, I'm still grateful for just like being able to kind of ask the right questions for myself. Yeah. Do you feel that you always had that sense of inner worthiness or was there ever like an ex- a sense of exclusion? And like, is that come from your family you think or right so I think you know I think the sense of exclusion is taught like I feel like within myself I have always to a certain degree felt you know like worthy capable Mm. whatever deserving of good things but I think in a lot of ways like churches can teach like shame so like (laughs) you know when you're like a teen yeah. And you're like, I want to have sex or like, I'm interested in like this yeah. or I'm, you know, I have friends who are queer or I'm queer. And it's like, yeah. OK, well, like, why do I feel like, you know, for me to acknowledge parts of myself is to turn away from God? Like, right. why wouldn't I be turning inward? Why wouldn't I be getting closer to God the more totally. I understand about myself? And so I feel yeah. like. I kind of had to, for myself, be like, okay, well, what do I believe? And, like, what do I want my community and my life to look like? Yeah. And in general, I just have always kind of, from, I mean, anyone who knows me when I was younger, like, I've always kind of been that person that was, like, you know, talking about issues or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I always felt like, you know, like, acceptance. Yeah. I feel like I've always been a very, like empathetic person and I have always kind of Mm -hmm. been led by my emotions in a certain sense and I feel like at that age I was kind of just like okay well I'm interested in like where acceptance is and not you know acceptance for acceptance sake or like oh I'm gonna tolerate like negative mentalities or anything like that but just like I want to be around people that want to be better but also like want to open their lives up to other people and to have their perspectives questioned healthily. So Mm. yeah, that kind of brought me like to a different um, relationship with the church, but definitely not a change in relationship with like the spirit, you know? Yeah. (laughs) That was so unbelievably well said. Like that is very beautiful to hear um, that you didn't like respond to that like teaching of shame with like oh I, then I should change these things about myself and it's like heartbreaking to to consider all the people right, that, that right. do internalize it right. like oh I guess this is not holy this part of me or whatever and mm. that's just like yeah. cool that you that you knew and that you held on to that and you're like oh this because it seems like a very human thing to like be like yeah yeah, yeah. God has God is a bigot <laughs> not us as right. humans you know what I mean <laughs> And I feel like it's always been the flip for me. I was like, I think people's understanding of God is so far 
Yeah. From how I understand God to operate. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like people have kind of convinced themselves that like God isn't accepting or God is the one. And I'm like, no, that's you. Like that's yeah. human interpretation. <laughs> yeah. Because ultimately, like if God created everything, why would he create things? You know what I mean? That yeah. are wrong. That doesn't really make sense. Nothing that God yeah. that is of God is going to be wrong. So I'm like yeah. that understanding is just like a little bit lazy, you know? Yeah. Like I'm like, I feel like in simplest where I currently stand is just like to me, God truly is love and like mm. to embody God or to you know, to move with the understanding of your divinity is to move in love, you know, and love does not look like, you know, trying to tell people how they need to be or love yeah. is love. You know what I mean? Love lifts, love encourage. It brings you up. Yeah. It, it's not a, you know, a strike down on your yeah. problems or the things that you want to improve. It's just like a call to be better. So I feel like yeah. that's kind of where I ended up in just like how I understand and like to me, I'm like, God isn't, you know, a being necessarily in the sky that's right or wrong. God is literally just like love, the source of life. You know what I mean? Like there's a deeper connection between us and this world. Yeah. And that to me is God. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's so beautiful that you that you knew that and had that like immediately and well, I um, wouldn't say immediately. You know what okay. I mean? Like, word, word, it word. was a process. It was yeah. very much a, like, an inherent, I know how I interact with God, but it yeah. was very much, like, a becoming an understanding and unraveling yeah. of, like, okay, well, let me ask my questions, and I don't have to automatically assume that just because you're a pastor that you know more than me. You know what I mm. mean? Like... If we are all humans, you know what right. I mean, then yeah. <laughs> I can't necessarily right. understand that you're any closer to the truth than I, mm. you know? Whoa. I am very glad that there is a document of this so that I can replay your words <laughs> that you said and internalize them because uh, this, this is absolutely beautiful. This may be weird, but I was just like doing some research this morning, you know? trying to make sure I'm not being a dummy, asking you questions that you've already been asked. And I found a quote <laughs> on your Instagram where you wrote, uh, it was a piece about 2020, and there was a quote that I grabbed from it because it was so fucking cool, and I just want to read it and ask you about it. And it's, um, cool. Then I lit my hell on fire, took machete to vines, insolent and indifferent to the depths of my existence, promised myself I was a new world, and that could be enough. The circumference of my star is infinite. Holy shit, that's, that just <laughs> Not owns. words I don't even remember writing. That's beautiful. <laughs> I feel like it was along the lines of what you were saying, and I, I scribbled yeah. it down, and so I, I wanted to uh, reflect that back at you. Do you remember what you were thinking and feeling when you wrote that? Yeah, I mean, 2020 for me was very much like a understanding of my potential that I didn't have and mm. a redirection of like my purpose like I feel like I started off 2020 just had put out my first project months probably yeah. like literally two months before a fucking great album like, by the way thank you yeah I was I'm like, genuinely okay, a fan like yeah where do I go from here like yeah. 
you know, just kind of questioning everything. And 2020 was the year where, one, I feel like I put out um, a song of mine called Unmoved, which was very much about my experience as a Black woman. And I felt like I was really rewarded for it. Like, I felt like my perspective was embraced. And that line about, like, you know, the circumference of my star, like, there being a world within myself, it's, like, understanding that, like, ultimately our goal is not proximity to greatness or proximity to divinity or proximity to clout like our goal in life or my goal at least in Mm -hmm. life is like to be infinite to understand that I'm infinite to find new parts of myself to to just like understand my scope to understand my potential and I feel like 2020 was the very beginning of me being like maybe like success looks completely different than what I thought it was Mm. maybe success is like telling my story maybe success is just being myself and shining brightly and I think like that kind of quote in general just like personifies like wow like this year was just about understanding my potential and like what that can look like yeah so incredibly well said i love that song unmoved thank you i want to say that i like saw something on your social media at the time that did you produce that all yourself and with a potentially a usb microphone for all the vocals yep no it was that fucking rules like just every time i'm like i gotta buy some gear i gotta get my records aren't gonna be cool until i fucking spend money on some shit and it's just like yeah. Well, here you have like an incredible recording and song that is just like Thank perfectly you. authentic and true with with simple tools, and that that is incredible. Yeah, less can be more, you know. Yeah. I definitely didn't have any more at the time, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious, like, what has your journey been with like production, recording? What was the process of making your record like? It was so dark honestly mm-hmm. um not or do you mean for unmoved or just like in general i'm curious both with unmoved and and your ep um yeah so i'll probably just go in chronological order so like yeah, with cool. the ep it was very horrible like honestly okay. um it yeah. was like it didn't end up horrible but it just started off really Sad. Like, I had spent, like, two years, honestly, working on the project and was just like, okay, you know, like, I didn't even feel too interested in production at the time. Like, I just Mm. moved to L.A. It's 2017. I'm just like, I'm going to write this record about my year here in chronological order, and I'm going to put it out when it's ready. So I started writing it in 2017, but as I moved into production at the time, like, I was working with a um, co-producer, but through the process, I was like, I have such a clear vision, and I always have had such a clear vision, I actually can't give the reins to someone else that doesn't make sense, because then I end up overbearing, or, you know what I mean, like, I end up already doing too much just by nature of what I want. So I was like, okay, well, let me, you know, step into co-production. Let me figure this out. Because Mm -hmm. at the point, like, I was 
creating my demo. So I would write a song and then yeah. I would start producing out sounds and it was like terrible garage band stuff. But the concepts are super clear. Like I knew yeah. what I wanted and even like the yeah. earliest demos are very much that sound. Mm. But over the course of working on this project, it kind of became a moment where it was like, okay, I don't feel like this collaboration is giving me the most space to just step into my power as a female producer. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. you know, at the time, it's like I'm in rooms with men exclusively or yeah. people who would just, like, belittle my contributions or make me feel like, you know, yeah. I wasn't legit. I wasn't whatever. And so over the course of that project, I really did have to force myself to assume the position and to... Just own it, you know? It was like I started yeah. off being like, oh, like I guess I produce. And by the end, I was like, no, like yeah. I, I put this shit together. I really had to hear the sounds. And Fuck yeah. I was able to find the collaborators like Shanks and Cole and people that I still work yeah. with to this day who not only like held it down, but also like breathed a lot of life into me and encouraged me as a woman in this industry as yeah. men, like, listen, I'm here to give you space to do what you do. And, like, don't yeah. apologize for having opinions or having a mm. vision. Like, you need to have your vision. So, yeah. you know, it was really painful at parts where it was just like, mm. okay, well, I feel like, you know, I'm literally being told, like, you're not a producer. You're not. And I was, like, internalizing it and actually feeling that way, like, oh, well, you know, if they say I'm not a producer, I'm not a producer. If they say yeah. that I don't know what I'm talking about or that I barely can work a computer, then, like, they're right, you know? But I had to go through it, you know? I had to be yeah. heartbroken and scared, and then I had to get angry, yeah. and then I had to have a point mm. to prove and be like, actually, I'm never going to let a man tell me that I can't do something or that yeah, I'm not. Yeah. You know what I am? Like, yeah. I am. Like, I'm never going to let someone tell me that they gave me sound, you know? Like, I yeah. am sound, so I had to so. really step into that, and that process was just so intense you know it was yeah. just like the most intense process i to this day have ever gone through mm. of you know having to just fight for every inch of my sound of my music of yeah. my story to be told and right. i wouldn't have had it any other way i honestly am like at this point like looking back i don't hold any resentment even to the people who felt that way or you know, because it's like we all had a lot of growing to do. And I feel like right. what I needed to come out of that came out of it. And that really was my catalyst into production was the the EP and just coming out of it and still yeah. being like, no, like I have more to do, you know, like I have more like I want to feel like I'm mastering this craft and. Mm. That kind of brought me into like unmoved where it was like, okay, well, then the pandemic just brought up very real limitations. And it was like, if yeah. you're not self-sufficient, you aren't. You know what I mean? You can't really create mm -hmm. music if you're not able to do it, to figure out how to do it, how to track yourself or whatever. It's yeah. just like, I think for a lot of musicians in the industry, whatever skills you didn't have it was kind of the best time to just start learning them because it was like, well, we kind of might be locked up for a little minute. So yeah. figuring out how to 
facilitate my own visions even yeah. more so was like so fulfilling yeah. and unmoved kind of came out of that just at the start of the pandemic really um not too early honestly it was like three months into it but you know three years yeah. in now i'm like yeah it was it was a start yeah <laughs> but that was like a happy accident like i'd written the song and i'd slept on it for a while and things, mm. conversations were opening and my manager was like, this could be a good time to like put this out there. Like people, you know, might be ready to receive it. And, mm -hmm. you know, this is a great song. Don't sleep on it. And I just like worked on it at home and put it out. But yeah, yeah I think since then, now with this new music that I'm working on, I'm like, okay, like I really feel like I've arrived at a sound that's like, even beyond writing and vocals, I'm like, I feel like my production eats and is different and is me, you know? And yeah. I just had to write. It was such a fight. Oh, my God. Like, it was, you know, all just the yeah. worst doubt, fear, anxiety, mm. just everything. It was like I yeah. felt like everything I had worked for at a point was taken away and I had to really claw myself back to, yeah. to being. Um but yeah, it's like fun now. It's light. It's empowering. Yeah. I feel like everything has just like gone the way that it had to go. And I had to have those realizations to end up where I am now. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> what an inspirational story. Like I just like admire your production skills and like your Thank arranging you. and, and writing, obviously, like so much. And uh, <laughs> Thank you. I... I'm just like, I can't help but notice uh, the parallel between uh, you finding your own connection with the divinity and realizing that, you know, it's not, you don't necessarily know more about the divine. And then also going through that journey uh, right. as a producer as well, you know, and just being like, you don't necessarily know the truth, you know, <laughs> just because you right. like, and are Pro Tools certified. <laughs> that's my main thing. It's like, no one, no one is like sufficient to stand between you and your truth or you and yeah. what God called on your life. You know what I mean? And I feel like yeah. there's a song that I'd love to share with you after this called Before I Prosper um, that I oh, wrote, yeah. but it's very much this idea of like, you know, like no one's going to tell you that you can't. Right. Who are you? You know what I right. mean? Like, who are yeah. you to stop me from being myself? And I think that was just like the last few years of just like growing up was that question of like, who are you to stop me from being myself? And that's something that I have to constantly revisit. But it's so rewarding every time to give myself permission to take up space. You know? Yeah, totally. That's really fucking hard as a young artist, uh -huh. you know? And, like, I know, like, not to compare lived experiences, but, like, I just definitely relate to that being, like, huh, I, yeah. guess, this, I guess this fucking dude knows more, but, like, I, this doesn't feel right to me. Like, I don't know. <laughs> feel. Yeah. Feel. You know? And I feel yeah. like I've lived my life where I've put all my money on a feeling. I'm yeah. like, listen, there's so much wisdom to come from knowing the technicalities. Right. But life is life and a feeling yeah. is a feeling. And I'm always going to bank on 
my ability to communicate a feeling. And I think sometimes yeah. people, you know, can sometimes distract you from that truth. It's not that you're right, right or I'm wrong. It's just that this is the feeling. And until I yeah. get to this feeling, yeah. nothing else really matters, you know? Right. Yeah. And ideally, you want to work with people that, like, help you find that thing, not people that yeah. are, like— you know, telling you right. why you need them and what you can't do yeah. and stuff. Just because I'm like, it's just not about that. And I yeah. think that underlying was also, was like, I might not have the same perspective as you about what music is and can do. And that's okay. Right. You're not a bad person. We're just not aligned. And I think yeah. that kind of freed me too of like, overly falling into like, oh, well, like victimhood or just being angry. Mm. And it's like, you know, you can have your feelings and you're allowed yeah. to grieve things. But like, I'm not going to reduce my potential to like how you made me feel. Yeah. You know, like I can just keep moving forward. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I think that's like an, an underappreciated element of like the technical skills of like so much of production is like like the the classist underpinnings of just like access to resources literally and, and like and even like and i I've, i'm like late in the in the arc of my life to to coming to production but even mm -hmm. like i had a ton of access you know to like mm -hmm. to tools and to just to be able to like buy pro tools and download and like right. fuck around with pro tools and I know yeah. that I, like, also have had, like, a lot of privilege as, like, white cishet guy mm -hmm. in, like, just being able to, like, ask questions and people just like, oh, let me just give you my whole sample library. Like, I got you, bro, you know? <laughs> and just, like, right. all of those different things and just realizing that, like, that, none of that, all of that opportunity was, like, just, like, time that I got to be able to just, like, practice, you know, production right. shit. And that that's, like, not available to a lot of people. And that doesn't mean, like, just because you got the skills that you are that you somehow know better or, like, deserve to have right. those skills, you know? So I think the Or you deserve to tell someone's story, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think that can be the thing, too, where people are, like, you're not, cap you're not qualified to tell your story, basically. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's, like... Well, <laughs> yeah, I might not know as much, and there will be a very real learning curve. But I still need to be driving the ship, you know. Yeah. Like, I still need to be there. So, hell yeah, moving from that into like, okay, I'm actually creating this world has been super fulfilling. Yeah, what does that world look like? What is, what's your process looking like these days? When, what, how did you land on the the people that are in your in your circle and on your team now uh, to support this vision? Yeah, so I feel like my process has gotten really efficient. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like, you know, things still take time, but I feel like because, like, I create with a friend, Cole, who I went through this program with. So, like, we've known each other for, like, four-plus years now. Yeah. And have had a chance to, like, grow really intimately in these small class sizes, as you know. So it's been super helpful to be like, okay, well, I'm not starting from scratch when we start building out these demos together because you know me. You understand yeah. where I'm coming from and... You obviously, like, I'm me, and I still have to communicate some things, but 
I feel like for the most part, like this new sound is like more immediate. Like I think before it's like I was still trying to break through like sonically, you know, it was like, yeah, there she like you could hear me and you could hear elements of my identity. But I didn't feel like when I play this song, this is what my music sounds like singularly you know Mm. and I feel like now it's a lot more stylized just in general like there's more personality there's more elements of me that can show through in the production where they couldn't before so Mm -hmm. by nature of just production alone I'm like it's a lot bigger um it's more ambitious like I'm not as afraid to take risks, you know, musically or chord wise or, you know, like I'm taking risks and having fun with like the songs that I'm creating. And I'm a lot more unapologetic. Like, I don't think I'm trying to do anything, you know, like I think when I had started out, it was very much like, you know, there was a certain level of like understanding of like the context of like, oh, well, this is popular and people like this and, Mm -hmm. you know kind of approaching it with that more in mind but I think now I'm like no like I want my shit to be like just different like I want you to hear it and be like "Mm, this feels something about this feels like a singular person like I want to know who sings this song as opposed to like this is a cool song you know so right yeah yeah I think now it's just like bigger bolder ballsier in general. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. And more cinematic too. Definitely mm. more cinematic, more leaning towards like the pairing of like visual and you know, the sonics. Yeah. <laughs> I am fascinated to know what your creative <laughs> habits and or like routines look like both on a micro sense of day to day if you have creative routines mm. and also on a macro sense in terms of Seasons. Like, do you find yourself working through cycles? Are you pretty consistent in terms of like, oh, I feel like I'm always writing little things? Or what do what, what those creative times look like for you? Right. So I'd say like on a micro level, I'm always, at least every week, it's like there's little like demos, little pitches. I'm like, oh, this would be like a cool song for like so-and-so to sing. Or like, this would be cool for like, someone else to jump on so I like to try to like keep writing as like a central idea um but yeah. that writing is always do you a do it little every day? bit more yeah I do write every day um hell yeah whether I finish full ideas every day is another question yeah. but I do try to write like a verse a chorus of something every day do you have the, um, do you do it at the same time or no, I'm a Gemini, yeah. so I'm like consistency is the last word to use <laughs> with me, honestly. Yeah. Like I'm not a consistent person and I don't really want to be terribly yeah, yeah, yeah. if I'm being honest. I'm like I understand the importance of routine, but I'm not someone who reacts kindly to routine. Totally. So I kind of yeah. just go with the flow with myself. Yeah. But on a more of like a macro level, like I definitely do work in seasons like I feel like I honestly am always working year round just because right now I'm working on like bigger projects where I'm like, yeah. okay, like I am going to have to work on this every month. But when it gets closer where like dates are, you know, right. starting to be discussed, 
that I'm like, okay, it's time right. to really, you know, dig in and go crazier. But in terms of just like team as well, I feel like I kind of just like stumbled upon um, the right people. And I'm like a big believer in, you know, divine alignment, just letting things happen as they are supposed to organically. And like, you mm-hmm. know, there's an element of like needing to be proactive, but I'm not a huge like, you know, network till you make it sort of gal. I'm just like, Meh, that sounds boring, but <laughs> I yeah. organically kind of like this team, um, Hi-Fi, they're like a management company. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been talking, I think for a while, like, I think at the start of the pandemic or around yeah. that time, like I know they'd been talking with my manager, but I liked their perspective on the industry and just like how mm-hmm. they approach um, like digital media marketing is kind of one of their specialties and they're ambitious. Like they're trying different things. And I always like to partner with people that are like one, just starting out in whatever they're doing Mm-hmm. Um, labels, team. I'm like, I don't really want to go anywhere that's too established. I don't right. really do well with that. So I'm mm-hmm. like, people that are more, you know, like looking to be innovative, looking to try new things, looking to experiment, that time, like tends to be more interesting to me. Yeah. Um, But then also just like having that mentality of like, I feel like it's more of like the ego sometimes when people are like, this is tried and true, like this or bust. I'm like, mm, I'm not that girl. Like anything that's right. tried and true, like it's it's probably not something that <laughs> I'm like too, too interested in doing because most right. of the things at this point that are tried and true are not necessarily in the artist's best interest. So mm-hmm. I have just yeah. been looking to find people that are like, let's try new things. Let's break new ground. And also just are like a little bit more pure in like how they interact with music and like, you know, cause I feel like there's also a lot of people in the industry that it's like, they don't even really like music. And I'm like, I don't, (laughs) that I don't really know what to do with that. You know what I mean? Like I want to work with people that are very much like, I love music. I really enjoy listening to it. Yeah. Real people. So yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that has been the latest for me. Yeah, that's I I so admire your your self knowledge of like when you were saying in the pandemic, oh, I want to push myself uh, in in a recording sense and like knowing when to like respond to the call of something, and then also knowing mm. like I actually don't work this way, and I actually like this is yeah. not a way in which I want to change myself to be like this. I actually know that I'm mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm different than this, and. That's right. that's really cool that you're able to know which things like oh this is some this is a quest I want to like I want to develop this thing right. and I actually think that that is a, a step backwards or a step sideways you know yeah no definitely have you always been that way with your creativity have you do you always feel like you've been embracing of the way that you do things yeah like I feel like I've always been um just like. You know, I like what I like. I do what I do. I move how I move kind of person. Um, But I also feel like I have always pretty much been given space to do that. I'm like, I feel like my parents were always like accepting of like they saw a gift like, oh, like we should get you doing piano lessons and Mm -hmm. guitar lessons. And they're also super blunt. So like I've never been someone who 
like I feel like the ego for me has always been so outside of like why and how I interact with music Mm. Um, where it's like it's not about the fame or the feeling like I'm the best like for me I'm like I literally just fucking love creating music that when people listen to it they're like this is like what like I just want to open new worlds for people and for myself as well like I'm very much creating like a world that I deserve to live in um so for me it's just like the vision it's all about the vision it's all about like you know that like constant move forward like I want to evolve and I want to evolve things and systems so I feel like for me I'm like this is more like you know pioneering into the unknown is what a lot of what I've been doing feels like yeah but I trust that it's gonna pay off you know fuck yeah (laughs) that's so sick you mentioned uh, (laughs) that you're a Gemini yeah. What else do you What else do you make of this? What else do you take of it? Um, and what other ways do you feel like you're a Gemini? I, I don't know um, much, and I'm always excited to talk to people that know more about astrology. Right. I mean, I think one of my things, too, is just, like, change. Mm-hmm. But in the sense of, like, I'm comfortable in the unknown. Like, I... I feel like sometimes when people think of Geminis, they're like, oh, they're unstructured. They're, you know, they're just all over the place. They're two sides to their personality. And in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. I do believe that. Like, I feel like I have the me that's like more energetic and fun and ambitious. But there's also like a deeply serious like about her shit that has like always been there like I've kind of always had that like seriousness to me and to my personality so I think duality is like a big one for me but also Mm -hmm. like acceptance like I feel like as Gemini's like we tend to be able to like fit in with a lot of different people like a lot of different personality types in different spaces like there's a versatility to me that I feel like one comes from my lived experience, but also two, I feel like it's, you know, it's always been there. Like there's been different elements of myself that I've had to like give space to just be and like to allow myself to not be one thing. And I think for me, like that's kind of been like my core fight is just like to be multifaceted, to be, myself and I feel like in this industry and in this world especially as a black woman like there's people that look at you and are like well why don't you seem like other people or like you know I need context Mm -hmm. for you like why don't you fit into a box like why are you so difficult to understand and I'm like there's nothing wrong with that like a lot of people fear what they don't understand or if they see something that they can't make sense of, their inherent reaction is like, well, I don't know what to make of this. So it's almost like it's a problem, but I feel like as a Gemini, like we are very accepting of things. Like we just kind of move with the punches. And I think that's like my favorite thing about myself is just like how versatile I am. And like I continue to surprise myself musically. I'm like, wow, like, I didn't even know that I had this sound in me or I didn't even know that, like, 
this was a new way that I wanted to tell a story, but like I want to stay continuously just like evolving and giving myself a chance to just like be on a scale that's like bigger than I even believe for myself, you know? Yeah. Well, so well said, so beautiful. (laughs) Gemini. I'm like, (laughs) wow. I'm really just like, like your entire philosophy and that, that seems to to bleed into each part of your life. um, It does. (laughs) Is really fucking rad, and I'm letting it wash over me, and it's it's blowing my mind. And I'm excited to, to chew on and digest these things that you that you so generously yes. share. Thanks for making time <laughs> to of pivot. Course. Potentially, we'll see where it goes. But a question I like to ask people is, what you been fucking with? Ooh, I've been really enjoying Cleo Soul. It's been one of my latest loves. Okay. Um, She's like a Neil Soul. Um, I think she's from the UK. Super soulful. Her storytelling is fantastic. And it has that kind of like classic feel in terms of the musical arrangement. Mm-hmm. Um, Dijon, uh, another oh. cool. Right. I'm like, yeah. I know that name's going to hit. <laughs> I've that been enjoying. Record. Yeah. I was, I'm, I was late to that album, but like, whoa, what a special. Right on time. Just came out. <laughs> yeah, what a special artifact that that whole yeah. project was and is. And yeah, and his spirit is one that I feel like musically he he takes up a lot of space in the best way. Yeah, like when I heard him, I was like, "Who's this? Yeah. Who's this?" Yeah, and I feel this- like that kind of like indie. Because I mean, even thinking about Unmoved, I'm like, I was. Nothing about my EP was indie. Like that was very much a return to like old, older sounds. Honestly, that was like me in 2015. So mm. I love artists like Dijon, especially as a black guy. It's cool to see someone that's yeah. like pushing the sound in a different direction in an interesting yes. direction. Yeah. Um, Remy Wolf too loved her uh, album. Sweet. Really Rem. enjoyed it. A, really a fun fact about production. this podcast is that oh, Remy's an absolute legend, and she, yeah, she's fucking like truly a vision. And like, <laughs> well, it feels like very lucky to to have, we were in the same class. I, I feel very lucky to to uh, know Rem. And there's actually like a fun fact for for the listeners of this podcast. There's actually like a rap battle between me and Remy Wolf, like <laughs> way back in the archives. Oh, I did I'm some, gonna find it. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll find it and send it to you. Maybe I'll clip it at the end of this episode. Please, <laughs> it's just, it's we like way back. It's that. in literal college in my apartment or at like a live. I love thing. it. It's pretty. It's pretty wild, which is just simply a fun I love fact. It. But no, Remy I love is that. yeah. Remy is like so endlessly inspirational, and it's like so fucking exciting to see the yeah. world celebrate her for, like, being exactly right. who the fuck she is. And right. Let's talk like about that. So sick. Yeah. It's cool to see people win just for being themselves. It's mm. so inspiring to me. And she is someone, Dijon is someone that very much I'm like, I feel like they give a lot of people permission to do their own thing. Like, it's right. nice. Yeah. yeah. What about outside of music? What else? What else have you been enjoying? I have been, I don't know, what have I been doing? I've been reading a little bit more. Went yeah. to the library, got a card the other day. Nice, that the was library. Really enjoyable. 
downtown? Yeah, I just went there yesterday for the first time ever. It's so gorgeous. It's so, I never, I always saw that building and I was like, that's such a beautiful building. For people that are familiar with the downtown Los Angeles skyline, it's like some like tile <laughs> mosaic, cool ass right. thing. And I'm always like, what is going on there? Turns out right. it's a library. I don't know the history of that building, but Me what a great either. library. Literally like a month or two ago, I went for the first time and I was like, what? Like I was yeah. like, I had no idea this was tucked away Yeah, right around the corner. But yeah, reading has been a big one. Um, I'm kind of getting into like, uh, videoing a little bit, but I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to be more consistent on that. But yeah, reading videos and then like films. Like I've been really getting into like movies, cinematography. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's kind of been my enjoy? latest. I've been in like a sci-fi sort of space yeah. for a while, like super futuristic kind of like, um, matrixy sort of mm. world where I'm like not just the action is cool but I feel like the style and like the yeah. actual visuals of that kind of subgenre inception it's like very interesting shit yeah um, I've actually never seen the like, matrix Whoa. For the no, podcast winner, so Ioni is aghast. <laughs> because honestly, I know it's I'm an embarrassing like, blind spot for me. I, it's what I want to fill. It seems great, but I just, I just never seen the Matrix. <laughs> it's, it's very deep and insightful. Honestly, yeah. the last, the last remake, I'm like, don't even go, don't even. <laughs> It's it'll ruin it, honestly. But I have a friend I was least, just talking to who's like, I'm not gonna watch it because for me the story is complete. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, the story is complete. Like, it's also just for the Matrix, I feel like it takes on a lot of like commentary about like capitalism and like Mm -hmm. the online world and, you know, like very deep, insightful, like this idea of the Matrix of living in a world where are your actions even your own? It seems like so much is decided for us. Yeah. Before we even have a chance to make choices for ourselves, just in how we spend our time on social media apps that like maybe if someone asked you, do you want to spend hours of your day online? You would have just said, nah, I'm not going to join anything, you know, but for a film that is so ambitious with those ideas to make a remake that's not thought through stylistically, not connected Mm. All, it just is like you have become the villain of your own story, which Whoa, is so bizarre. Yeah. So bizarre. Like, I'm yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that they even did that is like a sign we have fallen. Mm. But you should yeah. watch it if you have time. I think I think you would really enjoy it. I really do. I it's have no reason great. not to watch it. Yeah. It's I've, like so great. Do you have shit like that where everyone tells you it's unbelievable and you just haven't got around to it and you're like, I'm sure it's great. I feel haven't, like haven't for me, that comes to music. Yeah. There's a lot of artists that I'm like, never heard that name before. That people are like, what? Like, uh. <laughs> I didn't listen to too much music when I was younger. Just kind of yeah. the same people. So yeah. there's a world of music. If it wasn't for pop, Oh, my God. I can only imagine how much further back I would still be. 
Just with music yeah. undiscovered. Yeah, totally. You mean in terms of like music that you were exposed to from the popular music program? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I a feel lot, the same way, honestly. honestly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they helped me cover a lot of bases, but yeah, I feel like in that way they definitely like did their job, and I'm just like very, yeah. very stoked. Uh-huh. What's your favorite snack? Um. I don't know. Like, right now, I've been enjoying peanut butter sandwiches. Ugh. Fuck. I might have to make a peanut butter sandwich after hearing that. <laughs> it's been really nice. Huge. Ioni, thanks for making time. I really appreciate it. Of course. It. This will be coming out in, like, mid to late February. And uh, Ioni will be at South by Southwest. Is that happening in March? Y- you know? It's been a little quiet, but I think Word. so. Word. Cool. <laughs> cool. It's been cool. a little hush-hush, but I, it should be. Cool. Awesome. Um, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to see you South by Southwest, see your music, keep keep up with you? Um, Definitely on streaming. It's just A-Y-O-N-I. Um, and then Instagram, I feel like that's the main place where I kind of just post anything coming up, anything to look for. I don't post too often. So if you see me, something, something's up. <laughs> Huge. And the, your handle is it just at Ioni or is it at Ioni official, I want to say? Music. At Ioni Music. Cool. Yeah. What are you doing with the rest of your dang day? Um, I'm going to work on some music and then I'm going to go meet Cole at the studio and mix something. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your wisdom. And yeah, people, you just got to go check out Iridescent, the EP. You got to go check out Unmoved. And I'm really excited to hear it. You got to stay tuned. And you got to stay tuned. That's right. I am personally just very excited. And uh, yeah, I'll share a couple songs now once I hang up with you. Whoa, hell yeah. Freaking Christmas. It's Christmas for me. Incredible. <laughs> Thank you, Ioni. Have of a good course, one. Of course, have a good one, Mackin. Take care. <sighs> it's Christmas for me? What the fuck, dude? <laughs> This is something I've never done before, but I just want to put a little postscript on this recording. I <laughs> What a legend I own is. And like what a freaking dingus I am. Oh god, you know, I feel like there were moments where um I wanted to like where I held in my own fucking insecure uh kooky bullshit and I really just feel like I just, I wanted to stick the landing so bad. (laughs) And I feel like I just got freaking weird at at like the last minute. Uh, Also, I said word 10,000 times. And I literally had to write myself a note just like, dude, stop saying word. Like what? (laughs) But whoa, what a fucking cool person that Ioni is. And... Um, it's just so interesting, like, finding the moments of vulnerability, like, and trying to stay present, uh, in an interview and connect to, to what somebody's saying and then get like getting caught up in my own head about like, oh, is this, 
going good? Like, should I, you know, thinking about just like anxiety, I guess. <laughs> I feel like for the most part, I'm, it's like it's been something I've, like, you know, this podcast has taught me to be more present and like let ideas go and just like listen more. Um, and uh, there, it, it was interesting just in that experience that just happened uh moving through that insecurity and then like tripping over it a little bit at certain times and just like i feel like we got to like such awesome like 15 minutes in you know she's dropping incredible wisdom about god and like fuck yeah like that's so sick and i'm so grateful for that and then (laughs) it's funny to like have that moment of connection and and then also and then all of a sudden get insecure (laughs) (laughs) for me um (laughs) cool well well i ain't so fucking cool dude wow i'm gonna listen back uh to only her part of the conversation (laughs) okay everyone love you all Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking.